right, everybody, welcome back to another spooky episode of the another Neon Rain. spooky? Well, I guess it's our first. Spooky. <laughs> spooky, spooky. Glad y'all joined us. It is Halloween. Spooky Halloween. Spooky Halloween, yes. My name is Jaron Weaver. And this is Haley Fletcher. It is a pleasure to be with y'all today. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be telling... I guess uh, a spooky tale or two that have to do with the uh, music business, music history, all that good stuff. Because <laughs> the music business isn't spooky enough. <laughs> oh, there's, there's plenty of ghosts and ghouls in the music business. That's... I could name a few, but it would get me in a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I already sent you the cease and desist. Quit that. Yeah. You need to stop that. No. Don't do that. So what? Hold on. Let me grab my drink That's before I get too parked. Your, your drink, your Parched. pop, your My soda. Pop. No, it's just pop. So uh, before Coke. we ever, you guys know, we wanted to start this podcast for a very long time. And before we did, we took a few trips to Savannah and obviously do the ghost tours because that's the awesome badass. Part of why would we not? Why would we not do that? And one of the stories that really stuck out to us and we had to look it up and I can't find more on that story. Maybe we can find more when we take a break or something. But it's the Owens Thomas house? I think it's that one. Don't quote me on it. But essentially, it's like one of the big things that the people will hear or see is like people playing the harp or playing the piano. I forgot about the harp thing. Yeah. He was an architect, I guess, and enjoyed. It was like him or his son. I forget what exactly it was, but there was music in the house and they would have like their parties and the harp and crap. And so people will still sometimes hear the harp and the piano. So before we ever actually sat down to do this podcast, we're like, you know, for the Halloween episode of this podcast that we don't have a name for and haven't started yet remotely, <laughs> this is what this is what we should do it on. Um, we joked on that or the Illuminati. I still want to do a whole music-related Illuminati thing. Maybe we'll dive into that today. Just a little, dunk Maybe. your toes in. Just a little. Just a little. Just to get, try it out. Give it a taste. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you turn me up? I did, because you keep backing away from your microphone. I'm relaxed. It's a holiday. It's a, it's a pagan holiday. It is a pagan holiday. But. <laughs> All right. So what's the first one you want to go into? All right. So we're going to go way, way, way back in time to talk about a guy named Niccolo... Paganini? Paganini? Panini. I'm getting hungry now. (laughs) So uh, he was born October 27th in 1782. He is considered one of the best violist, violist, violinist to to, uh, ever play the violin. And it is said that his violin is actually haunted. Though there's not really any uh, stories of the violin itself being haunted which i thought was bizarre because that's what it said everywhere like you know when we were at, initially we're looking for haunted instruments which come to find out there's not a whole lot of instruments that actually were but they've got this was one of them that was on there and they're like well you know but nothing has been reported or seen and i'm like well then how the hell do you figure it's haunted but apparently it's it's worth multiple millions of dollars but it's uh, from 1700s i'm sure it is <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. I, I can I can see that. So uh, Niccolo Panini is what we're going to now call him. Just keep in mind it's actually uh, Pagini, P-A-G-A-N-I-N-I. But uh, for fun's sake, we're going to name him Panini. Mr. Panini. Yes, yeah, so uh, 
Apparently, he started playing the mandolin at like the age of four and was fantastic on it and then moved over to the violin by age seven. So he was playing out and like by age 12. 12. Yeah. He was doing concerts, I guess. I don't know what they did back then. Orchestras. So it is said that he played so well by that age that there had to be some type of uh, supernatural element to him. And I guess when everybody would like watch him, they'd make the, what's that called? The cross over their heart? Yeah. Uh, The um, Catholic thing. uh, What is that called? I don't know. Genuflex? What? Is it called a genuflex, I think? I don't know. That sounds like acid reflex. Like It does. I don't know. I've only been in one Catholic church in my life. And I was surprised. I walked in the door, and the first thing when you walked in was a big bottle of bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) I can get behind these people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, he played so well that it was apparently really spooky. And it is rumored that his mother, upon his birth, because his dad was also a violinist and in music and all that good stuff, um, his mother actually made a pact with the devil and sold her newborn son's soul to the devil so that he would be a very famous violinist. Which makes me laugh with, obviously, you've got some credible sources online and then other ones that are just reaching at bullshit. <laughs> but they're like, oh, you know, you could even tell, you know, with his glowing, energied eyes <laughs> and his, like, lanky, pale, like, limbs. And you're like, were you it there? was the 1700s. Yeah. Everybody was hungry. pale. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, they were starving and pale. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so as he grew up, uh, he actually won some awards. The Pope actually gave him a... What? Yeah, I read the Pope gave him a, like a silver, the silver spur award, which sounds like an interesting thing for that time as uh, being one of the best violinists. But um, people actually got so scared because apparently when he played, he would contort his body. And well, I think what they didn't understand is a lot of times you can really get into your music. We got yeah. a fiddle player that plays with us. Who I guess we shouldn't name. But when he's playing, he spends half his time on his tiptoes. He's and he the makes best. Weird, yeah, it's just a weird thing to watch. But. He's fantastic. But I guess that obviously they've got some accounts then too where they're like, we had to walk out of the theater. You know, we saw the devil like assisting or aiding him or like whispering in his ear. And naturally, the internet let loose and photoshopped the devil yeah. next to some guy playing the violin in a shitty reenactment, which yeah. was of, my favorite part of this research. <laughs> one of them looked like a real painting and. If you get a chance to look it up, it's actually a really creepy but awesome looking painting that has. If we can find it, maybe I'll maybe put we'll, it on the blog. That'd be cool. If so I can find it, we'll uh, yeah, we'll get that up. And the painting is really cool because it shows like this horned, mischievous looking devil just leaned over the violin, like his head up against this panini guy's head. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want a panini. <laughs> so um. Upon his death, what further, I guess, fueled the rumors that he his soul was sold to the devil was in his deathbed. Um, they Sorry. Off- <laughs> they offered to give him last rites and brought in a priest to do it as he died, and uh, he told the priest to go away. Yeah, so uh, everyone's like, we knew it! So you'll take an award Spooky. from the Pope, but not last rites. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Fun stuff, though. It's very interesting. 
Yeah, they had a whole lot more detail into his life, but let's get real. They had family and friends' names in there that we can't pronounce. I can't read. I don't know how to read, especially those kinds of old names. Like, I don't, that's too much work. Yeah, well, I graduated from Paulton County, so I definitely can't pronounce it. I can't pronounce normal English words. That's a verified (laughs) fact. (laughs) What's the next one on your agenda? All right, so this uh, next story is a legend. I think I heard the legend before I even heard the guy's music. He's very famous. He was actually noted in the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Took me a few times watching it to, like finally get it yeah. still not my favorite i like the music in it i watched it the first time and hated it i'm like why does everybody love this movie the music in it was awesome like well, i got the soundtrack and the soundtrack was pretty awesome but um it took me about 10 years later to watch it and actually appreciate it i don't know what the difference was who knows I was 10 years older probably that's <laughs> 10 years can make a big difference that it can but uh wanted to touch on robert johnson so uh, we all hear the tales of the crossroads, and there's all these blues songs called Crossroads. Eric Clapton references it in his, I think he put out an album called Crossroads. And um, what's interesting about the story is we got this this cat named Robert Johnson who is out playing, I think, harmonica with a guy named Sunhouse. And he's a good harmonica player, and when he picks up the guitar... Um, people like, he, he plays guitar like while Sunhouse is on break. And so people actually run outside to Sunhouse and say, you need to shut this guy up. He's like, horrible. He was so bad. <laughs> so bad. Wasn't rhythmically inclined, which I can relate to on a spiritual level. Oh, on a spiritual but, level. <laughs> but I mean, apparently it was just so, so, so God awful that he just, no matter what, had to try and like get him off the stage. He would let him play on the brakes, and he finally was like, nah, fam, yeah. you suck. <laughs> Apparently it was so bad that it was quoted that it literally made people mad. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few of those people. <laughs> Open mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so, saying um, anymore. <laughs> so what's interesting about this is Robert also hung out with this guy named Tommy Johnson, now, Tommy Johnson apparently was a fantastic guitar player and had this, like, ghost-like yodel that he would do when he was singing. And that was kind of his statement or his, sig- his, his signature. We'll put it that way. And um, so they're both traveling together, and Tommy gives uh, Robert a little bit of advice. And he tells him to go down to, I think it's the corner of U.S. 41 and U.S. 61. 41! Uh, called the Crossroads. <laughs> he said, you go up and uh, you get there before midnight. You bring your guitar. And when you get to the Crossroads, you'll find a, and now this is their words, um, a... Big black man. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently you get down there at midnight, you start playing your guitar, and a big black man walks up and is like, hey, let me see it. And you say... Okay, and you hand the big black man your guitar, and then... He tunes it for you. And then I guess... Plays a tune. And then he's like, hey, do you want to not suck? And you're like, (laughs) yeah. And then... (laughs) That's exactly how this tells it. Making this so so invigorating. Thank you. I've always been a really good storyteller. So... Rumor has it that uh, he goes down to the crossroads and he meets this guy and 
the guy tunes his guitar, plays a tune on it, and hands it back to him. And a little time goes by, and uh, this they called him Little Robert at the time, uh, meets back up with Sun House and asks to play. And it's uh, you ask him, is it break time? And they're like, well, it can be break time. And he, but what do you want to do? Yeah, but what do you want to do? He said, just let me play. And he's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't need to play. Oh guitar. wait, this was though after, so after the crossroads. So apparently, people made him mad enough. He was gone for like six months. He was gone, and everyone's like, well, he just ran away, I guess. <laughs> like he's gone, and so out of six months, he walks up into this bar that they're playing with a guitar in his back. He's like, hey. You guys taking a break? And they're like, oh my God, I thought you were gone. Like, <laughs> Not you. <laughs> oh. They literally saw him coming from the back of the room. And they're like, just don't look at him. Don't say And anything. they were trying not to make eye contact with him. And he made his way to the front of the room. And like, finally went, hey. And they're like, shit. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Hey, man, can I play a song? <laughs> I think only one time have I been like pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I just snorted. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. So, uh, let me play some Skinner on your break. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, he, uh, they finally they do agree to let him up on stage and, they're and like winking and laughing, apparently yeah. off stage, like, oh my God, here we go. So, he hops up, and when he starts playing, apparently, in that little bit of time, he became the best guitar player that ever heard. Like, so they turned around, kind of one of those snickering at the bar, like, all right, turned around and was like, what the hell happened? So I forget, apparently he said that he was practicing with, is it something Zimmerman? Some I other blues guy in Miss, somewhere in Mississippi. Gotta be Mississippi. 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 Because it's Delta Blues. Well, I remember he was gone and like was hitchhiking around and stuff. And they said he was taking guitar lessons from, his first name started with an I. I don't remember. I don't, I don't. But apparently they were. Practicing in a cemetery? Yeah. So that's a solid start. I that's guess. one way to get the blues, I that's suppose. Golf. So they obviously didn't think it stopped there. So when he came back, even granted, six months is a long time if you're hitting it hard, but apparently he sucked. <laughs> like, he sucked really bad. Yeah, they said he had no, no reason to be touching a guitar. It just didn't come natural. He had no natural guitar ability. It was just awkward. And he came back after six months, and they're all like, hmm. Do what? What just happened here? So I think that helped fuel the... Um, rumors? The rumors. That's a good way to put it. Um, that he had... Must be some type of supernatural thing going on here. It just... It made me laugh. And was it Tommy Johnson, too? So obviously he was good enough now where he was on stage performing, like, him in a band. And he was like, you know, if some girl, you know, comes up... What did he say? Play oh. that again, Daddy. Yeah. Daddy. I hate that. I, that's my... Yeah. That's a different... That's Don't a ever different call me side. Daddy. That's just weird. Daddy. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty spooky, yeah. <laughs> but I guess uh, he was telling... <laughs> Tommy was telling him, like, look, if some girl comes up and wants you to play a song again, you know, putting her hand on your shoulder, don't get too excited because she probably belongs to somebody else. And so I guess he died at the age of 27, um, and they think it's because he was poisoned by a jealous boyfriend or husband or something, I guess, Sounds that about he right was, to me. apparently he was poisoned, and I was like, well. 
They said on the day that he died, they found him uh, before he died on his hands and knees barking like a dog. Which, and I don't remember, he released those three albums that Mm -hmm. was like, what was it? One was The Crossroads, and then he had songs about like The Hellhounds. The Hounds of Hell. And then what was the last one? Um, Satan Comes Down or... Essentially, they had the three records that everybody was like, those rumors were kind of loosely out there. And then he was releasing some songs, and they're like, well, you know, the blues references, like, you know, the devil, it's the Delta, whatever. And then just saw the order of which these songs came out, and they're like, huh. Yeah, if you go into depth research, like on the whole story behind it, the albums that he put out, he put out three consecutive albums, and they all kind of tell the story of him selling his soul. I mean, the references on them are, it's pretty creepy. And some of the lyrics on it, like, um, there's the beginning of the song of the last of the trilogy that he put out, references the devil's at the door. and Yeah, that's what it was. The the line is pretty much like, you know, Satan's here, I gotta go with him. So it's like, oh, that's so creepy. I know, I lo- I'm bringing up this uh, article, let me quick skim, because the albums were crazy. Um. Oh, we forgot all about this oh, shit. All right. Oh, I'm so, getting excited now. Okay, so the reason that these rumors came about that fella he was hanging out with that Tommy Johnson, yeah, had a vision of him. Oh yeah, at the crossroads. I forgot. God, reading my phone is so hard. For those of you guys that don't follow me on Instagram, wouldn't know, but. I shattered the hell out of my screen, and I'm too stubborn to go fix it because I just need to buy a new phone. Mm-hmm. But here we are with the same phone that's not fixed because <laughs> I don't feel like it. Already. $1,000. So. Right. Already here. So let's see. Um, I was driving last month. This is a reporter um, um, that Rosedale was a place that Robert Johnson's old soul. We already knew his name. Um, I was handed a typewritten transcription of a vision that Johnson's fateful moment had appeared to the blues man, or I'm sorry, head Henry Goodman, as he was traveling from Rosedale to Anguilla, Anguilla. Oh, more words to pronounce. I don't know. Contenders, Robert Johnson's devil soul purchase of the crossroads of US 61 and US 49 in Clarksdale is where the most blues tourists pay their respects. Um, (laughs) traveling blue side. Yeah, I knew all about that. So meeting the devil at the crossroads. So this was the vision as told by Henry Goodman. So this Henry Goodman is another blues musician. Oh, sorry. Did I not say that part yet? I don't know. Well, I guess, um, well, let me quick skim this. We'll take a super crazy, stupid short break. And, um, we'll be right back. Yeah, because... There's some big words in here. (laughs) All right. So just a quick PSA, guys. If you guys are a child listening to this, I don't know why you would be because it doesn't sound very interesting if you're in the trick-or-treating age range. Or if you're a parent of a child, remember, this is the day you get to have your babies go up and ask strangers for candy. (laughs) So... Have fun. Find the neighborhoods with all the good king-size candy bars, because, yeah. And if not, remember, it all goes on sale 
tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so all the Halloween parties that I'll be going to is the following weekend where us cheap asses can get it all for super cheap. So be sure you guys add us on Instagram. It is just NR Podcast. On Twitter, we are Podcast, Podcast Neon. Neon. Me on Instagram and Twitter is just at Haley Fletcher. I'm at Jaron Weaver. On both of those, right? Yeah. All right, sweet. So I had a time to skim this, so we're going to get into the lengthy transcript of... A vision. People selling shit they shouldn't sell. Like their souls. Yeah, don't do it. Alrighty, Rue. So I tried to skim through some of this, come to find out this is like verbatim of mm-hmm. the vision that he had. So, And he puts it out in the same way like he speaks. So it's not very good English. <laughs> Lord help me. So this was, like we said right before the break, the vision as told by Henry Goodman. All right. Wowzers. This will be something. It's pretty cool. It's rarely, it's, yeah, it's really cool. So Robert Johnson been playing down in Yazoo City over at Beulah. Sounds right. E-U-L-A-H. Whatever. He was in Yazoo City over at somewhere. Trying to get back (laughs) up to Helena. Ride left him out on a road next to the levee, walking up the highway, guitar in his hand, propped up on his shoulder. October cool night, full moon filling up the dark sky. Robert Johnson thinking about Sun House, Sunhouse, preaching to him, put that guitar down, boy, you driving people nuts. <laughs> Robert Johnson needing, as always, a woman and some whiskey. Big trees all around, dark and lonesome road, a crazed poison dog howling and moaning in a ditch alongside the road, sending the electrified chills up and down his spine. Coming up to a crossroads just south of Rosedale, Robert Johnson, feeling bad and lonesome, knows people up the highway in Gunnison. That's the biggest run-on sentence I've ever read in my entire damn life. (laughs) That was all one sentence. Was it? The entire thing. (laughs) Jesus. Can get a drink of whiskey and more up there. Man sitting off the side of the road on a log at the crossroads says, You're late, Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson drops to his knees and says, Maybe not. Yeah, that's what you say to a stranger that's being shady as shit. Maybe I'm not. to his knees. That's a weird... Scared? Never mind. The man stands up, tall, barrel-chested, and black as the forever closed eyes of Robert Johnson's stillborn baby. Ooh, that's a rough imagery there. Big black man. Walks out to the middle of the crossroads where Robert Johnson kneels. He says, stand up, Robert. You want to throw that guitar over there in the ditch with that hairless dog and go back up to Robinsonville and play the harp with Willie Brown and son because you're just another guitar player like all the rest or you want to play the guitar like nobody ever played it before. Make a sound nobody ever heard before. You want to be the king of the Delta Blues and have all the whiskey and women you want. And he said, it's the dream. He said, that's a lot of whiskey and women, devil man. (laughs) (laughs) I know you, Robert Johnson, says the man. Robert Johnson feels the moonlight beaming down on his head and the back of his neck as the moon seems to be growing bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter and bigger. Wow. Great writer he is. I really feel like I'm there. Not really. (laughs) He feels like he feels it like the heat of the noonday sun bearing down and howling and moaning of the dog in the ditch penetrates his soul coming up through his feet and the tips of his fingers through his legs and arms settling in that big empty space beneath the breastbone causing him to shake and shudder like a man with a palsy. Robert Johnson says that dog gone mad. 
all again, one run on sentence. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm like, <gasps> did he go to school in Paulden County too? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to read. The man laughs. That hound belonged to me. He ain't mad. He's got the blues. I got his soul in my hand. Well, okay then. Dog lets out a low, long, soulful, creaking moan, a howling like nothing ever heard before, rhythmic, syncopated, grunts, yelps, barks, seizing Robert Johnson like a grand mall and causing the strings of the guitar to vibrate, hum, sing, and sound, break, dark blue, beautiful, soulful cries, <laughs> notes of possessing him, taking him over, spinning him around, losing inside of his own self, wasting him, lifting him up into the sky. What All kind one of drugs was this George on? The good shit, apparently. <laughs> All one sentence. <sighs> Hold on. Robert Johnson looks over in the ditch and sees the eyes of the dog reflecting the bright moonlight, or more likely so it seems to Robert Johnson glowing on their own. A deep violet penetrating glow. Robert Johnson knows the feels that he's staring into the eyes of a hellhound as of as his body shudders from head to toe. The man says, the dog ain't for sale, Johnson, but the sound can be yours. That's the sound of the Delta Blues. I've got to have that sound, Johnson says, devil man. That sound is mine. Where do I sign? The man says, you ain't got a pencil, Robert Johnson. Your word is good enough. All you got to do is keep walking north. You better be prepared. There are consequences. Prepared for what, devil man? You know where you are, Robert Johnson. You were standing in the middle of the crossroads. So this is... The story yeah. of where everybody started talking about the crossroads, which I thought was really, really cool. You're sitting in the middle of the cross, in the middle of the crossroads at midnight. That full moon is right over your head. You take one more step, you'll be in Rosedale. You take this road east, you'll get over to Highway 61 in Cleveland, or you can turn around and go back to Beulah. I don't That's know. what you said last time. Consistently wrong. Good for me. <laughs> and just go to the west and sit up on the levee and look at the river. But if you take one more step in the direction you're headed, you're going to Rosedale at midnight under this full October moon. And you're going to have the blues like never known to the world. My left hand will forever be wrapped around your soul and your music will possess all who hear it. That's what's going to happen and that's what you better be prepared for. Your soul will belong to me and me alone. This is not just any crossroads. I put this X here for a reason, and I've been waiting on you. Robert Johnson rolls his head around, his eyes upward in the sockets to stare at the blinding light of the moon, which has now completely filled the pitch black sky. Delta Knight, piercing his right eye like a bowl of lightning. Bolt. Not a bowl. <laughs> a bolt of lightning. As oh, the midnight there was a bowl involved here somewhere. <laughs> I had to have been. He looks the big black man squarely in the eyes and says, Step back, devil man. I'm going to Rosedale. Rosedale, I am the blues. I am the blues, brother. The man moves to one side and says, Go on, Johnson. You the king of Delta Blues. Go on home to Rosedale. And when you get up into town, you get you get you a plate of hot tamales because you're going to be needing something in your stomach where you're headed. So I guess the postscript from this is people say that the crossroads is where Robert Johnson made the pact with the devil. So it's where Highway 49 intersects with Highway 61, but can be seen from the events as described above. That's not the case. The crossroads, the one and only crossroads where the Delta Blues emerged as a manifest entity in the person in music of Robert Johnson is the south end of Rosedale where Highway 8 intersects with Highway Highway 1. This will be disputed as some people dispute that he never made a deal with the devil, but the preacher man, Sunhouse, knew. Even though he wasn't a preacher in Sunhouse, and if he were alive today, he would set the story straight. Truth is, nobody was there when the deal 
obviously went down. No shit. The statement will most likely cause people to say, where, where the hell did these events described come from? Nobody was there to witness them. A reasonable question, spiritual events, or the realms that were observed. The events described were witnessed in a vision with a capital V. Not any vision, but a visual spiritual experience with more real and true than than the reality and truth encountered on a day and basis in the everyday physical world. So that's just weird. That's pretty much, um, there will always be naysayers, doubters, but you can define the blues. Well, the blues music is like a Cadillac is like a Cadillac is a car. There's more to it than a transcendence an essence unmeasurable, unspeakable. The essence of Rosedale is the essence of the Delta blues. Rosedale is not just a Delta town. So, hmm. I guess they uh, dispute whether it was actually Highway 69 and 41, or if it was Highway 1 and 8, geographically speaking. Um, but yeah, so that was the vision, the original vision that um, what's his, Goodman had uh, written down, I guess, and sent out to people because he's like, God, that's weird. I wonder what the like. I don't know much about Goodman, but I wonder what the distance is between like the time span from when he traveled through and when it happened. Yeah, and then when he saw the vision. I don't know. I didn't get that far. I know you did. There were so many run-on sentences. <laughs> so I guess wow, we got through both of those. We did. And then obviously, because um, it's Halloween and it's spooky, yeah. Beyonce and Jay Z and Kesha and Katy Perry are all part of the Illuminati. And um, I, th- I think that's a true statement. It's you can't see it, but I got a triangle over my eye. Illuminati. <laughs> but um, yeah, we had to mention it. I mean, for God's sakes, it's Halloween. But um, I guess that's all we got for you guys this week. If you guys are taking your childrens out, childrens, childrens, um, be safe, have fun, make sure you comb through their candy and get all that good shit for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Send them to bed early and then confiscate it. Absolutely. It's tainted. Sorry. Strangers were giving you shady shit. There was a... We listened to a podcast called My Favorite Murder, which is great. And they did these like little Halloween-themed stories. And somebody had wrote or written in, I guess, about them going to their neighbor's house. And they're like, I don't know if he was out of candy or it was just... He just reaches into a bag of potato (laughs) chips and just puts loose potato chips in the bag. So... All year. Or oh, that's disgusting. That's what I'm imish- or imagining. That's what my vision is for this gonna evening. Do. We're going to get some of the greasiest Lay's potato chips we can find. I'm going to melt candy bars in the microwave. Spoon it then- out. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure it's got caramel in it so everything sticks together. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of shit. But I guess that's it, you guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in for our spooky Halloween. Spooky. If I was a better planner, I would have uh, made a spooky rendition of our music. But um, I thought about that. Like maybe uh, slowing it down or something might have made it spooky. Huh. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah, but no, we did not do that. Didn't do it, but we appreciate you guys listening. Be safe out there this evening, and we will chit-chat with y'all next week. See y'all then. Bye. Bye. Felicia, bye.